Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of Evanston. This Sunday sermon was given by guest speaker, Reverend Mike Miller. If you'd like more information about First Presbyterian Church of Evanston, please visit firstpresevanston.org. Our scripture reading today is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 25 through 31, which you would find in the Old Testament section of our Pew Bibles, beginning on page 683 or on screen. Please join me in a prayer for illumination. Guide us, O God, by your word and Holy Spirit, that in your light we may see light, in your truth find freedom, and in your will discover your peace, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Isaiah 40, verse 25. To whom then will you compare me, or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created this? Who, brought, who brings things out? He who brings out their host and numbers them, calling them all by name because he is great in strength, mighty in power, not one is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my right hand is disregarded by my God. Have you not known, have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Is, um, this morning I uh, got news uh, about the Mount family's um, loss. And it's my pastoral um, tradition when anything happens within the family of faith, that we, we pray. We take a moment to pray together. And so um, those that would like to gather near, near me, I'm going to go over to the Mount family right now and just pray for you guys. So anyone that wants to gather near, nearby, I want you all to know that God hears everything, our pain, our sorrow, God knows everything that we're going through. And there are times in our lives where we just need to know that God is speaking. And sometimes it seems like he's silent. But this is why the family of God gathers together to support one another through the most difficult of times, to be there to let you know that God's presence is near. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you right now. There are no words that can express the sorrow or the loss that this family has experienced this week. God, we know that you love them and that you care for them and that each person 
from the oldest to the youngest, goes through their pain in different ways. Lord, you are a healer. You are a restorer. You are a comforter. So we ask that you be all these things to this family right now so that they know your presence is near to them in all things. God, in the quiet of the night, speak to them and let them know that there is joy in the morning, even though it seems like the night is dark. The sun will rise again. And God, that you will be with them every step of the way. So Lord, allow them to release the pain that they have, but allow them to see your glory in that pain. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 You're welcome. Okay. All right, I'm praying for you guys. Um, early last year, we had a family that their two-year-old was diagnosed with leukemia and our community gathered around them. And so it's my tradition to do that, to make sure that people know that they're not alone in this journey. Well, today we're talking about power in waiting. Now, I am not a patient person. When my daughter was born, she cried a lot. No, you don't understand. She cried a lot. <laughs> One of our friends called her the siren. <laughs> and I was not one that was very patient with the crying. Um, it really bothered me. And we even came up with a song that we would sing to calm her down. Every family member, every friend knew this song and would sing it to her when she started crying. Um, I used to joke, um, it would drive me crazy. I would want to jump off of the roof of the house, but we have a split level, so I would just sprain my ankle. <laughs> but patience has never really been my thing. It's always been moving. How do we get to the next thing? How do we keep moving, moving, moving? And so I like when, when things become more efficient. I love it. Absolutely love it. As a matter of fact, uh, on my side of town, they opened up an Amazon Fresh store. And so I go into this Amazon store, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the Amazon store, and I'm walking through. I say, oh, this is cool. And I find out that once you get all your stuff and you go to the register, you get to scan your phone, and it charges your card, and you're out. So it's, it's, there's not much to do. But then I went in, and I found out something. They have a special card. And I asked the lady, what, what kind of card is this? She said, oh, just scan your phone. Give me, and let me help you scan your phone. So I scanned my phone on the card, and the card lights up. I'm like, ooh, this is nice, because, I mean, I like lights. <laughs> so I'm looking at the lights, and I'm like, okay, so what do I do? She said, just go around the store, get your stuff, and when you get ready to leave, just come and see me. I'll be here at the front. So I go through the store, and as I'm putting stuff in the cart, the lights start flashing. And I go, whoa, this is cool. What is it doing? And on the screen in front of me, it tells exactly what I just purchased. And I'm like, what? What is this? So I'm going through the store, and it's adding up all of my purchases. And I see the lady. She said, just walk right out there. I said, what do you mean? Well, just walk right out. Just walk right out there. I, I walk through, and boom. On my phone, it buzzes, and it's an email with my receipt. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, this is cool. 
I'll be back for this. There's no, no line, no waiting. You're in, you're out. And so I got real excited about it because I don't like to wait. Now, here's the thing. There is a part of us that hates waiting. I mean, I don't know anybody. Well, there may be one person here who likes to sit in traffic for hours. Oh, I don't see anybody. We like to go. We like to get through things. But what we don't understand sometimes is that our world has become so acclimated to giving us what we want right here, right now, that we forget about waiting. We become impatient when it comes to waiting. Waiting is important because there are things that have to take place in that waiting period. There are things that need to to occur during that waiting period. Now, my favorite bread, and I'm not a bread eater, so if, if you're ever to dinner with me and I'm eating bread, that means I'm really, really hungry. But my favorite bread is sourdough. Sourdough is not a bread you can make today and have this afternoon or this evening. Sourdough, you have, to, you have to make a starter for the sourdough bread. And the starter has to cultivate over a, a three-day period. And so as that starter cultivates, then you start to get ready to make your actual bread, your dough. But when you make the dough, it doesn't look like dough, and it really doesn't smell very good either. But you have to take that and mix it in together, and then you have to wait a couple of weeks. And as you're waiting this, this couple of weeks, then you, you take it out and, and, and it smells a little bit better. But then you still have this waiting period because now it has to really rise. And after it rises, then you get ready to put it in the oven. But before you can put it in the oven, you have to score it. And the importance of scoring it is if you don't score it, the steam that's inside from all the bacteria and all the different things that, that are in, in it, it'll just crack open. So you want it to have this space where the steam can release. And so this is a long process for a loaf of bread. It's a waiting period. But when you get that bread, it's so good. But it takes a while to get to the good. It takes a while to get to the good. In our scripture passage today, what we're looking at is really an impatient people. And the the problem is that they forget who God is. See, during our lifetime, we will have struggles. Jesus said this, in this world you will have trouble, but I have overcome the world. Trouble does not happen in a minute. Trouble happens over time. It builds to a point. And when it gets to that point that we are in that place of struggle, when we're in that place where we just don't know what to do and we find ourselves lost and confused, sometimes we forget to run to God. And then other times we may blame God for why we're in the situation that we're in. Lord, why did you allow this to happen to me? Why now? Why did this occur? And we forget how powerful God is. 
So I want to read this passage for you again, and I want you to listen to it because we're about to break this down in terms of the patience and the waiting. Isaiah 40, 25 through 31. It reads, to whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens who created all these. He who brings out the starry hosts one by one and calls forth each of them by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you complain, Jacob? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord? My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Have you ever been tired? Have you ever been tired? I mean, you're just worn out. You've got nothing left. And you find yourself in a place where you're like, you know what? I'm ready to give up. I'm ready to give up. I've done all that I can do. I don't know what to do next. I don't know how to move this forward. I'm just stuck. Anybody ever been in that place where you're just stuck? It's a difficult place to be in because you're trying to see a way forward. And as you're looking for this way forward, when your eyes begin to turn to God, you realize that God is on your side. Now, what does that mean? It means that if we look at our life and the troubles that we have and we compare our troubles to who God is, we realize that God is bigger and greater than our troubles. The passage starts out, how can you compare me? Who can you compare me to? What can you compare me to? the stars being placed in the sky, the cosmos created by God. I mean, think about this. We spend our lives trying to understand the world that God created. Think about this. Scientists spend their time trying to understand the, the intricacies that God has created. It's been a long time and we are still learning. Because we cannot fathom the power and the majesty of the everlasting God. Just think of the wonders of the world around us. I mean, going back to just something simple like the sourdough bread. How could something come out so good that takes so long and begins out smelling so bad? That's us. We don't all smell good to God. <laughs> We've got some things going on in our lives, some problems, some issues going on in our lives, but God is patient with us. And the patience that God has with us, the patience that God has with us, just think about it. We would have given up on other people a long time ago. But God stood, 
with us. What, what, what's interesting about this, this passage is that there's a strengthening piece to this passage. There's a strengthening piece. And, and one of the things that, that has always troubled me is what happens when we get tired and we're ready to give up. When you get to that point where you're ready to give up. Now, I... Um, been seeing a dietitian, and I've been working out, and we, I have a regimen that I'm supposed to be doing, and, and I, I do it most of the time. <laughs> but one, one day last week, I had to go to, the, um, go to the gym, as I had missed a couple of days, and I was doing my 45 minutes on the elliptical. And it was one of those days where I just didn't want to go. And I go anyway. And I set the timer, and I'm on there. And I was talking to my friend afterwards, and he said, so how was your workout? I said, it was horrible. He said, oh, he said, well, it got hard. I said, it was hard before it got started. (laughs) Ten minutes in, I was ready to give up. He said, oh, but you made it through. I said, ten minutes minutes left to go. I was ready to give up. But I kept pressing through. Here's the hard part about when you get to that wall, and we've all been to a wall, how do you press through those last few moments? How do you press through? It's the strength of God that comes within you to press through. It's the strength of God that comes in you to help you make that last mile, to help you make that last moment to get to that end. I made it to the end. I made it to the end, and I was glad to get my shower in. I was glad to get in my car and go home and not think about that elliptical for the next 24 hours. But here's the challenge, is that it takes strength that you do not have to make it to the end. God does not grow tired. God does not grow weary. God's strength is there for us. I, I was driving along and pointed out to my daughter something, and she, and she, had, she didn't understand what it was. I saw the, the mileage 140.6 uh, on the back of a car, one of those stickers. And, and any of you runners know all of this stuff, okay? I saw that, and I said, Iron Man. And she was like, oh, it was a good movie. No, 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 no. <laughs> The Ironman, the triathlon. And, and, I, and I told her, I said, you have to understand something about the, the, the Ironman. You know, this, was, this started as a dis- dispute among swimmers and cyclists and, and runners. You know, who was the most athletic? Who was, who, you know, you know who, who, who's at the top of the hill? Who's at the top of the heap? So they brought all three of these things together. And what they did was in 1978, they bring all these together and... They're supposed to do each of these things. So you have, to, you have to swim, you have to cycle, and then you have to run. And so as, as, as this thing emerges in, I believe it was uh, 82, you had these women that were running, these, these, these young ladies in college, 22 years old. And they're running this, and one of them is not an athlete. 
She's trained for this. Her name is Julie Moss. She trains for this. And as she's training for this, she's getting ready for this race. She gets in the race. And guess what? The non-athlete is the one who is winning the race. The non-athlete is the one who's winning the race. The athlete is behind her and she's ahead. And what, what happens is that she gets through, she's running, and then suddenly she has that moment. And anybody who's, who's ever run has had this experience where you get to a certain point and your legs buckle. And you're like, am I going to make it? And she goes down. When she goes down, she's struggling to get up. And Kath, Kathleen passes her. She gets up again, she goes down again. She tries to get up again, she goes down again, and she loses the race to the woman that's behind her. Now, at that point, you give up. Your, your legs buckled, you can't stand up, you can't move, you're done. You're fried, that's it, it's over. She doesn't give up. The camera should be on the winner but the camera pans over to this lady that is crawling to get to the finish line. She's crawling, she's crawling, crawling. Everybody is watching this on television and they're seeing this happen live and she crawls to the finish line, puts her arm across and there's a smile that comes on her face. That's a strength that comes from God. When you have nothing left, when you're gassed, when you are done, when there's nothing left within you, his strength comes in. And you're able to mount up on wings like eagles. You're able to soar. You're able to run. You're able to walk. You're able to make it through the hardest and the most difficult of times because of that patience in the waiting. She's able to make it because when others would give up, she patiently crawled and crawled until she made it across that finish line. I had seen people go through so many struggles in their life. And I've seen them where they have not given up, where they keep going and keep going and they know that God is by their side. Now, I'm not going to say the person's name, but I'm going to share this with you. There was a man when I was at First Church of God used to come over. And he would come over and he would go in and he would play the piano. And he, I was sitting there once, one day during the week and I heard the piano playing and it was just like immaculate. I mean, this jazz and all sorts of things. I'm like, well, who is this? So I go in and I look in and I see him and we have a conversation. And then I go back and I'm like, you know, why isn't he playing someplace? They said, well, he used to play, but he got strung out on drugs. And so every now and then he comes by the church and he goes into the sanctuary and plays the piano. So I said, wow. And I had conversations with him and he was still struggling, still struggling. And we prayed and prayed and there were other people that were praying for him and there so many people in the community gathered around him. And then, then, one day I saw him and he looked good. You know, somebody looks good. I mean, you've seen them at their worst, but they just look really good. I saw him, he looked good. 
And I said, how are you doing? And he said, I'm doing great, Pastor Mike. He said, let me tell you, my life has been totally turned around. He said, it took a while. There were a lot of things that I had to do, a lot of things I had to get in order, but I got them together, he said, and I'm, I'm clean. I said, oh, that's fantastic. He said, and I'm playing again. And I got a good job. And he started talking about all these things of how his life had been transformed and changed. And he said, I gave my life not only to Christ, but I gave my life to the ministry work of Christ. It was a long period of time for him to get there. A lot of us are not patient enough to wait with people as they go through their journey. A lot of us are not patient enough to wait with people as they go through that experience. But each of us is going to go through an experience or point in time in our life where we're going to need somebody to wait on us. God has a plan. The reason why God talks about the stars in the sky and how everything is positioned and how basically no one compares to him is because he wants us to understand that in everything that we're going through, God is still in control. No matter what's happening in the world around us, God is still in control. God has not forgotten us. God has a plan for us. We may not understand that plan. We may not understand what's going to happen in the end. We are the mess that's that starter of the sourdough bread. And some people only see us as that mess. They don't see that finished product that God is making, that God is producing. Because when that steam comes out, that's the glory of God coming out of us for everyone to see the great and wonderful work that God has made out of our lives. That's a transformation piece. That's a change piece that takes place for us. I'm going to close out with this. Some of us need just a waiting period. We need a waiting period. I'm going to share this, and as I get ready to close out, uh, when I was here, uh, Ann Johnson was my assistant. You remember Ann? We were out on a youth trip. And when we were out on this youth trip, we had a problem. The driver had driven too many hours. And so we had to wait for another bus to come. And so we're waiting for another bus to come to us. And I believe we were, I believe we were in, in Denver. And Ann had had it. She had had it up to here with, with the kids complaining. She had had it up to here with all of the bickering and, and trying to figure out what was going on. And, she, and the, the leaders complaining. Everybody was complaining. And she said to me this, she said, we need, we need to go get something to eat. I said, well, we can go grab something and bring it back. She said, no, Ann needs a waitress. I hadn't been married that long, but I had been married long enough to know she needs a waitress. <laughs> Sometimes we need to step back. We need to observe what's going on in our lives. We need to know that God is in charge and God is in control and everything is going to be all right. But we need that moment to step back and not be an Amazon just throwing everything in the cart to get out. We need to see what's happening around us and we need to know that God is with us. Amen? Amen. Uh, 
I'm going to pray for you all. And I'm going to ask this question for you. If you are in a place right now where you're stuck, if you're in a place right now where you need, you personally just need to know that God is with you in this waiting period because you're going through something, I just want you to right where you are, just close your eyes as we go to God in prayer because God knows exactly what you need before you even ask. God is waiting to meet every need that you have. Let's pray. Lord, we come to you. God, there are so many things going on in each and every one of our lives, some things that we have not shared with others. There are personal things that we are struggling with. There are issues that are before us. Lord, we're trying to run, but we are weary. We are trying to walk, but we're so tired. But God, we know that you don't grow weary and you don't get tired. And so, Lord, right now we ask that you send your spirit to us to strengthen us, to encourage us, to help us make it across the finish line. Lord, the good work that you started in us, we know that you will finish it. We know that you will complete it. And so, Lord, right now we need you to speak to us where we are in our situations and help us to make it through that last mile of the way. Lord, be with us, encourage us, inspire us. Give us the hope that we need to keep moving forward. This we pray in Jesus' name and let all the people say amen.